0: Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer!
1: Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Hey there, it's Timmy Manor, and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEM. Joining me tonight, like it does every week, Benjamin Little. Yes,
0: it's good to be here. Thanks, everyone. Yeah,
1: yeah, thanks, thanks to all your adoring followers. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Hey, Benny. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about tonight. Same. We've got one of my favorite characters in the game joining us. We're very lucky. Oh, come on. He's, uh, let's, let's talk a bit about his, uh, his journey. So he made his debut for the Melbourne Storm back in 2009. Okay. It was actually against me. Big year. Yeah. Uh, I guess would have an eight-year career playing for um, high-profile clubs like Parramatta Eels, South City Rabbitohs. And after having retired at the start of 2018, I guess moved into the position of people and culture. Um, at the Rabbitohs tonight. Our guest on the Spirit of Sport is none other than Lukey e. Kelly. Luke, Woo! thanks for joining us.
2: Welcome. Thanks for having me, boys. Yes. Uh, it's great to be here. There,
1: there's, there's, there's a bit I want to talk about and let's I'll just touch on it no. then, but let's talk about your debut. Mm. 2009. Uh, it was it was at Parramatta Stadium, wasn't it? It was at Parramatta Stadium, yeah. I, uh, I think it
2: was around, it, it must have been around the origin period because I was playing in the under-20s and um, I think... There might have been some injuries and maybe some suspensions. Um, and, yeah, I got the call-up to, to debut at uh, Paris Stadium. I think I, uh, I was probably the, uh, the person that um, started Para on their run, on, their, on, that, on that, uh, <laughs> that great run. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Went through uh, me a couple of times and got catalyst. plenty of confidence. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll keep talking about what happened after because we, we then pinched <laughs> you the next uh, – when did you come to Parramatta?
2: Uh, midway through two thousand twelve, I, I come to power.
1: The solution, because t- in two thousand twelve we'll <laughs> we're having a pretty poor year, Benny. And then we signed, like we were all struggling for a win. we sign Lucky Kelly? And did we get a win straight away since you joined us?
2: Yeah, out at uh, out at Penrith, yeah, um, yeah. We got a win. Uh, it was a golden point. I think Chrissy Chrissy Sandow kicked the field goal, I, I believe.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, we're going to get to your career soon. Let's start right at the very beginning, and you're the your NT's finest product. Northern Territories exports a lot of uh, interesting things around the world, and one of their best exports to the big smokers been Luke Kelly. Uh, tell us about growing up in Katherine, mate. What was that like?
2: Mate, it was um, yeah, very small town. Um, everyone um, loves their loves their sport, loves their sort of fishing and, and hunting and, and that sort of thing. Um, it's about ten thousand people in Catherine, so. Grew up, um, yeah, smaller community and um, played a lot of sport. Tried tried my hand at most things and, um, um, yeah, it was, it was a great upbringing. I, I, I um, can't complain.
0: What were some of the other sports that you, pl- you played growing up?
2: Uh, Aussie rules. I played a lot of Aussie rules growing up. Oh, yeah. um, up there, because I don't know whether, why, what the reason is, but they're on different times of year, um, rugby league and Aussie rules. So right. you, most, a lot of kids play all year round. Oh, um, yeah, or, you know, soccer, a bit of tennis, touch footy, um, yeah, or sort of whatever was going, or, um, I, 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 uh, tried to get involved in and, you know, small town, not, not a great deal going on. So you, you sort of, um, try to get your hand in as many sports as you can.
0: What was it about rugby league that really stuck with you?
2: Um, I guess my dad always played rugby league, um, in, within the Northern Territory. So I, um, I guess, you know, like most kids, you sort of, um, yeah, you, you, you grow up sort of, um, just following your, your parents and I was always down at training with, with my dad and, um, always at, at games and things like that. So awesome. it was sort of like a bit of a, yeah, transition just from there. And I, um, yeah, played from, I think I started playing when I was about four and, um, yeah, didn't didn't stop for a while.
1: Yeah. Just just on your old boy. One Benny, biggest legendary is mm. two. He's he's got a solid body as well. Like he's you know, <laughs> know what I mean? Like he's he's built for rugby league. Um how, how not <laughs> so much. Or <laughs> you're you're obviously a uh, halfback, you know, whereas what would he play? The
2: front row, he was a front row,
1: yeah. yeah. Yeah, So it's it's interesting that you know that I wish I wish I was a half-back, Benny. <laughs> um, but I was, I was a lot like Kel's dad. Um, mate, what was you it like?
2: It, you had the skills though, of a half-back,
1: thing. <laughs> Thanks, mate. You cut out? Yeah, oh, no. No I, lookers. No I, lookers. I, yeah. I threw three passes in my hockery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was it like leaving, like Catherine, which, sorry, mate, you talk about 10,000 people living there, and then making the switch to the big smoke. Um, how was that? It's a long way away from home. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was,
2: um, it was pretty... Um, uh, scary at first. Just uh, I think I was 16 when I moved to St. Greg's. Um, went to St. Greg's College in Sydney. Um, yeah, it just it was a, it was a massive change. You sort of live at home. You used to mum's cooking. You live with I've got a younger sister. Um, so very um, we're a very close family. So you sort of um, move in with a, a house of 30 boys on on campus, and yeah, um, and you definitely miss mum's cooking. The, the, the food wasn't uh, wasn't what I was used to, put it that way. Um, yep. But in terms of footy, it was, it was unreal. You know, you you, um, you get to play footy at a much higher level and, and play against a lot. Um, you know, get exposed to a lot more. And um, you know, the school was was really good. Um, we you know made made a heap of friends. And um, you know, if I didn't do it, I wouldn't have um, got the opportunities that came my way afterwards.
1: Yeah. So you end up. Coming to it was Sydney, wasn't it? You're like St. Greg's,
2: is that right? Where were you? We St. At? Greg's, yep. yeah, yeah. Year, year eleven and twelve. Yeah,
1: and then you get snapped up by the the storm. Um, yeah. How was that? Because like as a as a kid coming through the system, you would you'd love to go through the storm because they do it so well. And I think you end up winning the grand final, didn't you, in the twenties? Yeah, in
2: 2009, actually. Yeah. yeah so what was that, that like? To bring that up too much. Mate, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it was unreal. It was like. Um, You know, that was always the dream when I went to um, boarding school, was to hopefully, you know, um, get signed by a club and then you play two years of school footy. And then um, I think it was about midway through when I was in year 12, it was at the um, CCC trials actually um, that um, I got the call from Melbourne afterwards and they um, said, you know, after a bit of back and forth and they said, um, you know, we'd like to offer you a contract with because the, the under twenties were the Toyota Cup was starting the year after and they said, um, you know, we'd like to hear the sign and um yeah, and then it sort of all happened pretty quickly and then I finished year twelve and I think I went back to Catherine for a week. Um and then yeah, had to move straight down to Melbourne for um for pre season. So it was it was yeah, it was, that was that was something that was a lot more scary than, than going to, to boarding school. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Get thrust into a um, pretty successful organization and yeah um you know they, they, had, they had the big four there at the time and um you know I think I remember walking into training for the first time and you you see these sort of players and you yeah you're very uh very starstruck
0: was there any of those senior guys that you know looked out for you and brought brought you
2: under their wing at all um i guess the the, the first year it was um um all very new and there was a lot of, lot of guys but um I remember um in the second year I was there in two thousand nine I um I started doing a little bit of training with first grade and that sort of thing and um probably Ryan Hinchcliffe I'd say guys like Ryan Hinchcliffe and Brian Norrie um they're always um um you know great guys and always I think you know they always looked up looked out for 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 us younger guys.
1: Yeah. Brian Norrie, he was a good story. I remember he was playing uh, with my brother joining at Cronulla. And then he got dropped, not even to reserve grade, he got dropped to park footy, I think, was playing like A grade. And you guys snapped him up. And he, I think he ended up winning a comp with
2: you guys, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think he's like a captain coach out somewhere. and um, Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, guys like, yeah, Hinchy, Brian Norrie, Troy Thompson was there as well at the time for yep, the Raiders. Yep. Great, another great, great fellow, Troy Thompson. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, very lucky to, to, um, to be around at sort of the same time as guys like that. And then, um, then yeah, I went to went to Sydney and I got looked after by the one and only.
1: At the <laughs> well, I, um You happened to come to, like you went from a great organization like Storm. You came to Parramatta at a very turbulent time in our club's history. Like there was, you know, there was board changes, coaching changes, um, you know, CEO changes. Uh, and, you know, I thought that, you know, you were like one of the, for me, looking back at my time at Parra, you were one of those stable guys that I used to love playing with. You like there was a very small gap between your best and worst game, uh, but also what you brought off the field as well in terms of you know your personality and your energy. Uh, how did you find you know making the switch from somewhere like Melbourne that was flying to a place like you know, Parramatta, which you know, if we have to admit, we weren't we weren't up to scratch. Like we weren't playing great footy, and the squad wasn't uh, as good as other teams in the comp
2: yeah it was uh, never the that you, that you the um the it did, did always seem like there was something in the news about uh, you know a, a board election or something going on with the board and you know there was there was a time when when the coach changed a lot um i guess you um yeah i it did notice a big difference in terms of um i guess you know with melbourne they've probably had that same you know they've obviously had the same coach for for 20 yeah. 30 years yeah. they've had um the same Boards, so it just didn't seem to be. And being obviously a rugby league team in Melbourne, didn't seem to be in the news a great deal. Whereas, yeah, you come to to Sydney and Paris is obviously a, a massive organisation and a massive club with a, with a big history. And yeah, you, you definitely um, yeah notice notice it's in in the paper and um, and things that go on. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a difference, but but um, you know it didn't really affect, well it didn't really affect. Me too much, um, I guess. And as you said, we we had a good bunch of guys there at the time, and I I really enjoyed my time at I enjoyed my time at all the clubs actually. You, you know, yeah, I think the best part of one of the best parts about footy is you meet some great people, and um, um, yeah, you get to spend some some quality time together and you have a bit of fun. good
1: uh, yes, now, I, I miss those coffee days where we just sit at the cafe for three hours and just chew the fat. <laughs> yeah. uh, mate, you also like we, we you had a, a marquee player in, in Chrissy Reynolds. Uh Christy Sandow above you um at Para um you went to South Adam Menals was there. But um as as you know, as we happened you kind of just earned your way into those teams or forced your way into those teams anyway. Uh what was like how do you how did it feel kind of coming um to a club that had Chris Sandow already there and then kind of having to forge your way into the NRL? Um yeah, oh, it, it was um
2: something that you you see as a challenge. I guess it, it's a funny funny thing footy where you're sort of um it's a such a team game but then at times it can also be a very individual game yeah, as well where yeah. you sort of got to try and yeah, you've gone um against someone for a position so um yeah i don't know it, it was um you just i guess you just always tried your best and you tried to put your best performance um whether it be at training or, or in a game and um you can't really control whether you get picked or not but but on on one hand but then on the other hand you can control whether you get you're in the mix or not by the by the way you play so yeah, yeah. you know whenever you went to training and, and played, try and try and um, give your best and then um but yeah it's a it's a weird one because you then you're obviously great mates off the field as well and you and you have a um as you said have a coffee or a beer or whatever but yeah so at times it, it could be weird when you when you're fighting for a spot with a person but um but yeah it's just the nature of the game i guess
0: you mentioned your menta- one of your mentalities in, in that um, situation is just get to training, work hard, show that, you know, put in the extras. Uh, was there anything else in, in regard to your men- mentality with a, with approaching, you know, a situation like that, playing for a spot? oh
2: um, well, probably, uh, you know, as you get a bit older, you learn things. Yeah, but um, well, uh, early, I probably didn't handle it as well. Like, I probably get the shits and show my frustration um, at, 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 and that would probably come out of training where I'd, um, and then you, I guess as you get a bit older you realise that that doesn't help you doesn't help the team doesn't help anyone so you, yeah. you've you got to be um, yeah it's, it's a game of patience as well Yeah. Um, and I guess knowing that if you just keep doing the right things you, your time will come eventually it's a you know, funny game at times footy you, you probably don't get what you think you deserve at times, and then at other times you, you get some luck go your way. It's a yeah. it's a funny old game at times. So you, but you just got to remain patient, and as I said, sort of try your best whenever you get the opportunity. So um, that's all I sort of really ever thought about.
1: Now you uh you played under Brad Arthur, I think in Padman <laughs> as well, or just at Melbourne. Um. I yeah,
2: so I played under him for two years at Melbourne, yeah. Um, as the under uh, Toyota Cup coach, and then when I first got to Para, he was the assistant. Okay. Uh, but yeah. but but then he he became the coach at the back end of that yeah, year. So that, was... Um. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I I fractured my eye socket. Um. Um. When we played against uh, the Bulldogs, and I missed like the back six weeks, so I didn't actually get coached by him, so I didn't play at the back end of that year. Yeah, right. And then I was there when he came back. Gotcha. For, when, when did he start? Two thousand fifteen.
1: Two thousand fifteen. Yeah. And then you also did a stint with Ricky Stewart. I will say that because there's a clash of the two former Eagles coaches, or two. Yeah. One former, one current. Uh, very interesting. We it's 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 funny when you kind of get a play out of those coaches and, and know their like the way they think and the way they teach. Like, we had we are it's going to be quite a quite cracking game. What's your thoughts on who wins this one?
2: Yeah it's, um, yeah, it's funny you say that, you're yeah, sort of um, being coached by him, You can almost imagine. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know what the, what the, what the pre-game, uh, pre-game yep. speech is going to be like, yep. what the final video <laughs> session will be like, and a couple of themes that will be uh, yeah, going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, who wins? It's a tricky one. Uh, like, Raiders have got a bit of momentum at well, the moment. That's should that, You should that'd... say Parramatta, like... like
1: the the textbook answer should be yeah para, they finished fourth they're at home yeah you know, they beat in Melbourne beat in Penrith this year twice but but you're right the momentum thing makes me very nervous like that Canberra team yeah. their forward pack the way they're playing like they playing tough yeah something. and Parra unpredictable like they they could win by 20 Parra, or they can get dusted like they could Ambush, ambushed, so you just, you just don't know which way. Yeah,
2: going. I agree. I agree. I, I could see it going both ways, uh, yeah. depending on, on the night. But So that's probably doesn't give you any answer. Nah, fence,
1: well, I don't have um, an answer, <laughs> so it's, I, can't, I, can't, I can't blame you. Uh, mate, I'm really excited about um, the space here at the moment. So I, caught, I did have a catch-up with uh, David Gower today for a coffee. Uh, He's a great and, man. And he mentioned, because I told him, like, I'm speaking with Luke Kelly today, he mentioned you're now a GM, is that right? Or am I misled...
2: Oh no nah, well, Is there or is there not a GM I'm not, I'm
1: in your title? No,
2: no, no, no. Okay. Just just M, just M. Just the M, M, so M, so you're no manager. <laughs> it's
1: okay. So manager, you, yeah. So you won that away from G, so, GM. Yeah. Close,
2: yeah. But uh. nah, so I'm p- people and culture manager here at the
1: club. So um People and Culture Manager. Uh, what does what does that mean? Explain to the listeners at home.
2: Um, so it's pretty it's probably a fancy word for or the new age word for HR. Um so Yep. Look after pretty much yeah all everything HR related for the club. Uh, really, you know, um, play play a bit of a role in um, of recruitment and um, help out managers <laughs> with like, recruitment and selection um for for staff um yep. not 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 the players yeah, yeah. Um, um you know onboarding of, and contract generation for for all the staff um uh yeah, grievances <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> You deal with the odd grievance um. <laughs> Work health and safety, so um, and then when staff off um leaves the club, you play a bit of a role there, so um, yeah, sort of the whole HR cycle for the for for um for the club I'm um, involved in, so yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. It's um, definitely a long way from as you mentioned before, you can't really go out and sit down for three or four coffees for a couple of hours each day, which some days I'd like to do, but um, but no, it's pretty it's it's been unreal. I I started as the um well-being manager as soon as I finished playing. So that was working directly with the players um, yep. off-field. Um, and then, yeah, I've uh, done that for two, two, three years. And then the last two years, yeah, I've been um, doing this uh, people and culture role, which has been, um, yeah, it's been it's been very good. It's been very interesting. You're learning a few new things, which has been good.
1: You were always going to land on your feet after footy. You just... You are a switched on, intelligent, very good with people. It was no surprise uh-huh. that you're gonna get like on your feet. Some might say it's a bit of a Steve Bradbury kinda of, kinda of, <laughs> <laughs> kinda of move. Um
2: Well Yeah. Yes, I uh, Timmy used to uh, used to love to call me <laughs> Steve Bradbury, because, um, uh yeah, That's people all fair. people would that's all. No, eh. no. People you would urge. fall over in front of me, and I'd uh, just come sk- skating past. And, <laughs> <Yes>.
1: uh, <laughs> the Chronicles was, the Badbury the, uh, the Chronicles. The yeah.
2: Chronicles. Yeah, we had some. We had some many good chats uh, over a coffee. But that beer. said,
1: that said, like it's not a fluke that, you, like, for example, we talked about Chris Sandow before. But Chris Sandow uh, getting injured or getting in trouble, it wasn't a fluke that you were always there to kind of step up and take control of the team. So yeah, you know, there's it's one thing, got like joking around about Badbury, it's another thing being capable enough to. To, to run the ship, and you did it really well. Um, yeah, mate. Thanks, mate. No, you, you were. And let's let's <laughs> yeah, Benny, your hands up. Talking, mate.
0: To. Mate, between um, your wellbeing role and the HR, obviously, um, it would, there'd be a lot of things that, that carry over and a lot of um, uh, commonality there with what's going on in people's lives. What are some of those those key things that are contributing to helping people with their with their wellbeing and in that people and culture role?
2: um so starting with the, with the well-being role um you know you're dealing with um players from you know whether they be 15 16 through to players coming to the end of their career at 30 so you're yeah. sort of seeing the whole um full spectrum of, of people what they're dealing with at certain different stages and um i think that was the the part about it i like most you can you can relate because you you know you got the young bloke who's moving away from home probably feeling a bit homesick yeah. You got a guy who's done his ACL, or you have got you know someone, as Timmy said, you know you're you're not quite sure what you're going to do once footy finishes. So you can, you can relate to people along the way. Um, so you're able to, um, give a bit of advice about sort of what you done in that situation, or you know what you've seen other people do in that situation, and what yeah. you know what what would help. Um, and then moving into this role, um, it's been a real opener for me because, um, it's probably when I first got in, it was probably the first time I've ever been, really been in a proper office situation where, um, like a real, a, a real job, a real work work environment. So, um, it's been a, a real learning um, curve cool. for me as well. But, um, you know, I, again, you're dealing with people from so many different backgrounds, so many different age um, brackets, and um, everyone, everyone's dealing with something different. So, I guess. About listening and um, trying to understand where people come from, and and um, you know, doing your best to, to to give a hand or help out where you can. So
0: yeah. it's
2: always different, and um, you're always listening, you're always learning. So
0: how much do you reckon the space has evolved since since you were coming through to what you're working with now?
2: Yeah, well, I think the the clubs, especially in the well-being within the playing group, um, uh, I've put. Uh, and this is led by the NRL is putting such a big, uh, bigger emphasis on it, and um, it's been. Um, you know, I think it's really good because um, I think it's great actually. Because you know, as we said, you're dealing with so many different players from so many different backgrounds, and um, the more help we put around um, younger players, especially, um, I think, um, I think that the, the better the game will be. Um, I think, for, for, from my perspective, um, I, I think I was very lucky coming through because um, when I was at Melbourne. Um they've still got the same two um guys that look after well being and education there now actually and yeah, they, right. they were unreal. Um Peter Robinson and Brian Feel and they um they they always um done a great job um with us. Um and then, you know, you come to, to Para, we had um guys like Matty Francis who's sort of like a pioneer in the in, in the space. He he done a done a lot of great things. Um imagine. Jay Stewart. Jay Stewart, um Dean Feeney. Um, you know, some other guys that have been around for a long time and, and do great work. So um, I've always been very lucky to um, have some, some good people to look up to in, in that area. And, um, yeah. you know, I think the, the, the more investment we can put into it, the, as I said before, the, the, the better the game will be. Yeah,
1: yeah mate, we, we we get a lot of, um, like, you know, current players but also former players on this show. And, you know, the, the one thing that is, you know, the common denominator with every former player. They talk about the journey transitioning post-football and, I guess, the adjustment in lifestyle and, and getting used to a new way of living. Um, one, how did you find it personally? And two, did you come across um, many um, people in that space when you were working in being? Like, did was there... Does the club have a program? Was the club do anything to, you know, work with players as they're on their way out or once they're ex- exited?
2: Um... I'll start with, with myself. I, I, to be honest, I didn't find the transition too bad. And I think, again, it would have been interesting to see how, how I would have went um, if I didn't land a job um, in, within rugby league. Uh, that would have been interesting to see how the transition would have been. But because I um, was in the, role, the well-being and education role with the within the, the playing group, I was sort of still around it to a certain extent. So it was almost like I was weaned off slowly, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um and so I, I feel like I, I handled it. I handled it pretty well. Um, but yeah, all clubs have. Um, and as we said before, you know, all clubs are getting so much better at it in um, in um, dealing with that transition between players leaving the game. Uh, and the NRL does does a lot of work now as well, like creating the retired players groups and things like that. Um, but yeah, like I, I I spoke with I was speaking with a mate the other day who. Um, um, retired from footy as well, and we're almost saying like we get to, uh, we're coming into the workforce now after playing for so many years. You sort of people of our age have um, been in the workforce for you know ten or so years, and they've got a real, um, I guess, direction about what they want to do and where they want to go with their with their work. And I still sort of feel as though I'm very much. Um, just still figuring it out, you know. Like you're, you're yeah. still only fairly new to, to to us, sort of players because because we've um you know played for so long, and then you you've only sort of new in the workplace, so everything's sort of still a bit still fairly new, and you sort of curious about um certain roles and what um you know jobs look like and things like that. So it's um it's been it's been good, and I. You know, as I said before, I've been very lucky with with um, South Sydney. Have looked after me very well with with the roles that I've been able to um, fill here at the club. So, um, you, I uh, yeah. Do you reckon I'm, some I'm clubs are better at
1: throwing. it? Do you reckon some clubs, like you talk about South Sydney, are, are some clubs better at um, looking after players at the end of their career than, than others?
2: I think so. I, th- I, I think they are. Um, and there's probably a lot of factors that go into it as well, but. Um, you know i know a lot of ex-players do work at um work at the cl- at clubs that they finish up at and you know like i guess there comes a point where there's only so many so many roles that um, yeah. a club can can um make available and, and things like that but um you know i think um some clubs um, um as i mentioned before you know the, that um stability in the space in terms of whether the um, the employees have been there for a long time in in the wellbeing education space. They've probably got their program down pat, and they've got systems in place to to be able to help players probably better. And some probably do it better than others. Which, um, and you know, depending on the club um, and the player as well. You know, some players, as we know, help themselves a lot more than others. Some players um, don't really help themselves until it's it's too late, so they probably struggle a bit more than they need to need to.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's um. It's it's still like I read Johnny Sutton's um, uh, articles well in the paper this week. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah. just I guess the the broader question is I don't, and I'm not picking on the NRL here. I think it's just sport in general. Um, I just reckon there's a real misunderstanding of what it's like for an athlete after their career's finished. I just feel that you now whether it's basketball, cricket, soccer, football, whatever it is. Um, yeah, you know, it's a space that people don't really understand. Like everyone knows that players struggle when they finish, but no one knows mm. the answer. Like how to how to help. And I think that's where you know what you're doing in the or what you were doing in the well-being space and that proactive try to prepare them while they're still playing is probably the best way to do it, rather than responding once they finish and trying to fix it later on. Yeah, and and like
2: um, I know myself. There's probably like when you're in your twenty three, twenty four, and you're in the in the um, you know, you're in the sort of middle of your career, you're young, you got, you know, a little bit of money, you got um, plenty of time on your hands, plenty of time on your hands. You think, you know, I'll deal with that next year. I'll deal with that next year. I'll deal with that next year. And then unfortunately next year comes very quickly. And um, so, yeah, so I can see, you know, it's um some people don't want to deal with it until they absolutely have to, and then you know you see a lot of guys, and and it's becoming more and more a lot of guys that are um preparing themselves very well, which is um which is great to see. So hopefully um the message keeps getting out there, and and players keep um yeah as we say preparing for 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 something after footy because it's probably the only thing guaranteed once that when they start their careers, probably only one thing guaranteed to them, and that's that it's going to end. So yeah, yeah. um um the more work we can do around that space I think um will be uh yeah only only be a good thing.
1: Yeah, correct. Me. We're coming we're coming towards the end of the show, but we've got a part of a, a segment where we're just gonna hit you with some hard hitting questions. It's a sixty second Ooh. blitz with blitz, take away right. blitz.
0: That's right. Okay, I'm just gonna hit you with sixty seconds worth of questions. You just gotta answer the first thing that comes to your mind, okay? okay? Don't be, <laughs> yep. don't be scared. I'll be gentle. Don't shy. <laughs> yeah. Now listen, um, favorite food?
2: Chocolate. Now you Ooh. go
0: to the movies, you've got two options for snacks. What are you choosing?
2: Uh, popcorn and Maltesers. Obviously. Wow, obviously. You. That's, that's something um, else for my to Now listen, you get, in, uh, <laughs>
0: you, you get in a private jet cause you've got six of them, uh, with four of your best mates Are you going to a destination. Where are you going?
1: Ooh, that's a good question, Benny. Thanks.
2: Uh, I'm going to Tulum in Mexico.
1: Oh, okay. You you know what? You strike me as someone that might have a splash of Mexican in you somewhere. (laughs) 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 Absolutely.
2: I'll blend in over there. Yep. 100%. How good to have
0: a bit of splash of something in you. Now, listen, uh, (laughs) moving on really quickly to the next question. Uh, what's the worst date you've ever been on? What happened? Tell us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: worst Careful. date? Oh, yeah. Jeez, that's, that's a long time ago. My dating days are uh, a long, long time ago. Yeah, no, I that's all right. Give yourself something. An... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I, I can't think of anything, to be yeah, honest. No, that's all right.
0: Like a... Now, uh, do you have a funny habit no one would know? Like maybe something from your career or you still got it?
2: Um, nah. I was never overly superstitious or anything like that. Yeah. Probably, um... Missing tackles. Is that a funny habit? <laughs> <laughs> not
1: really funny. <laughs> <laughs> not for coach. <laughs> it's not unique, you. There's a few of us that had the same. Over. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, off. Uh, now you're in the office now. Uh, office hours. Any secrets of how to get through those long hours in the box?
2: Um. Oh, good. Good podcast. I Man, get, get the get the earphones on. Get a oh, yeah. get podcast going. You can sort of right, like a, probably what I'm doing now. Like people look. Walk past. You look like you're on the phone. You you <laughs> um you know disguise it well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, advice for young players coming through.
2: Uh, I think it'd be enjoy it. I don't think probably um, a lot of players. Um, and I know I was the same. Like you, you, you it's very and it is serious business. It's very serious and whatnot. But you sort of probably at times you you forget to to, to really enjoy it. Um, and realise how lucky you are. So I'd say, make sure you you don't forget to enjoy it.
0: Yeah. What's the best investment you've ever made? He's got quite a
1: few.
2: Uh, <laughs> well, one of those jets that you mentioned was was a good one. <laughs> 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 no, nah, um, probably probably property.
0: property yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, um, uh, you you played a lot of years. Um, what, what's one of the secrets in taking care of your rig?
2: Um. Something that I've probably done better than than I uh, since since not playing, but diet. I think diet's um, somewhere where you can really get some benefits. You can train as hard as you want, but if your diet's not uh, in order, um, as we know, every all falls apart.
0: Now, are you a Netflix man? Is there a TV show at the moment that you're on? You're hooked on, loving.
2: Um. I think it might be Stan, but um, we're looking forward to uh, Yellowstone starting back oh, up. Yes, oh, yes. What a show.
1: Yes. I can see that, because you know, us, us country boys, we love that, don't we? Yeah.
2: Absolutely. We're going <laughs> reminds of, reminds of, like, catch, the Catherine Roots, just, yeah, uh, yeah. Out, out in the horseback, out the back of the gorge there. Oh. Yeah.
1: Are you, um just quickly, you, what's that new Game of Thrones one? Are you into that? Yeah, yeah, it's good.
2: Mate, I, I, I've heard I've heard it's better than the the, than the original, but I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, um, I can't wait. I've probably the going call? to say it House of the Dragon? Dragon. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You and I were we'll, we'll quite the uh, students of Game of Thrones, weren't we?
2: Mate, I remember, um, that That was probably what um, we used to finish training. When yeah. There used to be, uh, Mitchie Allgood used to come around. We used to have the place on uh, O'Connell's Ross uh, Street there. Yeah. Um, Everyone on cool. the lounge, we used to watch the episodes as they dropped um, at three o'clock or something. Those
1: were the days. The good old yeah. days. days. Yeah. Well, you you survived the 60 second blitz, which went for about three and a half minutes. It's the only thing I do all week, mate. Come yeah. on. Yeah. He's got the rest of the week off now, so he's fine. Uh, Kelberger, oh, mate, mate, thanks for the time. I really appreciate it. But, yeah. but I really appreciate you know, what you've done in terms of, like, it's so easy for people to kind of lose their way. Um, as a, as an athlete, sometimes you get caught in the ego of being a superstar or being playing at the NRL level. Your personality and character throughout your whole career was something that um, was extremely rare. That you just, you know, and there's, there's a number of them. Like I think of like Benny Smith and Mitch Georgold and all those, yeah. those guys. But the reason why you guys were, you know, so likable is because you guys managed to keep your feet on the ground and just managed to stay, you know, really rooted. But you're you were so refreshing to be around, mate. I love what you're doing now, that you're perfect um, in that space. Um, you also actually give a lot of people like around that, yeah, and realise that look to you, a bit of hope when they're playing, kind of thinking, well, you know, Kel's done well post-football. Um, you know, I'd love to find a of follow in those footsteps. So, mate, keep doing your thing, keep inspiring people, and I can't wait to catch up with you soon because apparently uh, you live very close to where I'm working, so we need to catch up for a coffee ASAP.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for the kind words, Big Tim, and... Um I, uh, yeah, we need to catch up very shortly, mate, but um, have a good day, lads, and uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me on. Legend. So. Thanks, Kohlberger. Burger. Catch up. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Catch up. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli, so we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. But da ba 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 Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.